You are listening to Weight Loss Made Real, and this is episode 50. I'm your host, master weight loss coach and author, Cookie Rosenblum. Today and every Tuesday, I'm here to coach you and teach you how to end your emotional eating, how to bust through those binges, and how to leave all your overeating habits in the past. If you just found me, I'm so glad you did. Welcome. And if you're a regular listener, welcome back. Today, we're going to talk with a special guest about self-care. So get comfortable, get ready to be coached, and let's dive in. Now, today, I have a special guest with me. We've talked about the subject of self-care probably a couple of times at least. And I myself am always on the lookout for real people who are actually doing it and living it in their life. So today I have invited a guest, Margie Beiswanger. Margie is both my friend and my business coach. Margie's a small business coach, a training and development consultant, and a certified life coach. And her company, which is aptly called Transform Your Brilliance, In that company, she works with entrepreneurs who want to expand their business and live the life they're meant to live. She teaches entrepreneurs how to translate their expertise into specific signature programs so they could reach more of their ideal clients. Margie is not the typical guest that I usually have on because her business does not really have to do with weight loss, eating, emotional eating, or any of the things that we usually talk about. But the reason I have Margie with me today is that she has always impressed me as someone who lives and walks her talk. So sometimes this is my area where I could use some extra help. I get very bogged down with work and deadlines, and sometimes my self-care goes to the bottom of my list. And when I speak to Margie about whatever we're talking about, which could be personal or it could be helping me with my business, which she's done for on and off for a few years, I am always brought back down to earth when I hear how Margie is living her life. So that's why Margie is here. Margie, welcome and thank you for agreeing to share with my listeners how you do this. Thank you for having me, Cookie. It's my pleasure. So let's start with this question. How do you define self-care? I want to tell you what I think, but you're doing it very, very well. So tell me how you define self-care. You know, that is really interesting. As you've mentioned, it's really not an easy thing for us to do as women. I would define self-care as anything you do and the way you think that is treating yourself as well as you would treat anyone else in your life that you cared about. So it's that mental piece of being able to think of yourself as a priority and as important as anyone else that you love and care for, and then taking the time to give yourself that gift, whatever that is. Right. And of course, it it is going to be so different for all of us depending on what we need and what we're interested in and what we're able to give ourselves. But two of the aspects you just mentioned are so true is 
treating ourselves with the care that we would give somebody else that we care for and making ourselves a priority because without that, it just won't happen. Yep, absolutely. I define self-care very similarly to you. And part of my definition includes figuring out what your needs are and then finding a way to meet those needs. So the reason that this is such an issue in the work that I do is that so many people have, we all have needs, right? We all have all different kinds of needs to be cared for, to be taken care of, to figure out what's going on for us. But we use food to address the needs that have nothing to do with hunger. Mm -hmm. How did this evolve in your life, Margie? How did you come to be able, I mean, did you ever use food for yourself or how did it evolve for you into the things that you do now? Yes, I definitely have used food as a primary soother, right? Which it is not, but it can be the easiest thing to turn to. And especially when we're tired or exhausted, feeling overworked, it can definitely feel like doing anything for ourselves is yet another item on the to-do list. And that's how I felt for a long time, that it was just going to be a burden. Yet another thing I had to do was to now insert ways to take care of myself when I was already exhausted. And I was aware of that for a long time, working at my job and putting in many, many hours above and beyond, and always thinking that someday I would switch my priorities and put myself first. And I finally woke up one day and realized as a high achieving person, I was always getting everything done before I would have fun. I would get through my to-do list as best I could. And then I would do something for myself or have fun or relax or read a book. And that rarely happened because by the time I got through what I thought were the priorities, I was either too tired or just mentally worn out, whether it was physical or mental. I didn't have any energy left, let alone the desire to do something nice for myself. I would take that, you know, novel that I couldn't wait to read to bed and 10 minutes later it would be flat on the my chest and I'd be sound asleep. So what is the point? And I know so many of us who do this. It's like everything else has to get done. And even thinking about taking a break let alone something might seem indulgent. We just feel like there's not time. And so food becomes a soother, absolutely. Like I could sit there and zone out and eat something, right? Well, that didn't seem like it took any energy. Didn't add anything to my life, but it didn't feel like it took energy. And the real switch for me, it really was like a light switch, just a light switch flipping. I realized that I needed to build into my to-do list time for myself. So now, as a self-employed person, as an entrepreneur, I work at least as many hours as I worked at my job, my university position. It's never going to change. I don't get to just sit around and eat bonbons or, you know, have massages. I have to make time for it. So instead of waiting, I realized it's not going to happen. This is my time to plan my life and live my life the way I want it. Was there something that kind of woke you up, Margie, or was it more just a gradual realization that 
what you were doing over and over and over again, putting yourself at the bottom of the list that never actually rose to the top. Was it gradually that you realized that or did something happen that kind of woke you up to say, now is the time? I think when I became a full-time entrepreneur, I realized if it wasn't now, it was going to be never. And I also think hitting my 50s has been a turning point. Again, if not now, when? What exactly am I waiting for? What do I think is going to change to make this easier? It's just like you're teaching your clients. It comes from the inside, right? There is no external circumstance that is going to make eating like a naturally slim woman easier for us. We have to learn to do it for ourselves, by ourselves. We can do this. And it's the same with the self-care. I don't know what I was waiting for. And I just, I did. I woke up one day and said, it's never going to change. Whether I'm a job, whether you're a mom, and you think once the kids get, fill in the blank, get off to school, then I'll have time. Once they get off to college, then I'll have time. Once they, I mean, it's just always going to be something. Right, right. And you really helped me by me seeing you as someone who was actually doing it as you helped me with my business and coached it through different stages of growth, I always kept looking in the future like, well, when I get to this point, then I can relax and have a personal life. When I get to this point, then I can take care of myself and my health and my insides and outsides. And you, I don't know if we talked about it. We did talk about it a little bit, but I was really impressed by seeing you doing it. That that motivated me to say, hey, if Margie is busy and has this very successful business and helps so many people, and she finds time or creates time to do things for herself, there is no reason I can't do it. So I kind of used you as a model. Was there anybody in your life that you modeled? (laughs) No, no. It was really a longstanding dream of mine to have balance in my life. And when I was life coaching, before I was business coaching, when I was life coaching, I really made my own definition of what work-life balance is. And I think a lot of us as women have people say, don't use that term anymore. Don't use that phrase, right? Because we have this false definition of what work-life balance is. It's almost like I would tell my clients, It's like we've envisioned scales that were perfectly balanced and therefore still, and that's what work-life balance meant. That is not true. And that does not have to be the definition of work-life balance. There is an ebb and flow to the cycle. There are times where whatever you're doing as a busy mom, as a corporate person, as an entrepreneur, fill in the blank there, it's going to require more of you. And that ebbs and flows. Part of work-life balance is paying attention to the ebb and flow and not letting it get too extreme in either direction. And you get this nice, gentle wave. And to me, that's what work-life balance is. Do I always, always, always do something for myself every single day? No. Am I always really good at building in breaks during the day? Absolutely not. But do I let it go for so long that I'm, again, physically and mentally exhausted? No, it's a very gentle cycle. Do you ever have any signs that you are letting it go too long that kind of wake you up? 
Yes, I am much more aware of my self-talk and I will hear myself either in my own head and definitely out loud walking around saying, I have too much to do or I'm so tired. That is a sign to me that I have neglected myself. If that's what I'm walking around thinking and saying, then I have let my self-care go too long because I live and operate from a place of joy and happiness. And I think that's the other component to defining what self-care is for you. It is about meeting your needs so that you have more joy in your life. You feel more happiness. We can give this to ourselves. If going for a massage makes you feel happier, that relaxed feeling, that pampering brings joy to your life, then it goes on your self-care list. If it doesn't do anything for you, it doesn't have to be one of those things. If sitting down and reading a book helps you feel relaxed and joyful or takes you away, like in the old commercials, you know, Calgon, take me away. Yes. That's what we're looking for, whatever that is. So it is a matter of feeling refreshed, right? So if I'm walking around feeling tired all the time, then it isn't just that I'm striving too hard, working too hard. It's that I'm also, I've lost that balance. I have not been taking good care of myself. What do so, you think, Cookie? Do you do you have some signs? What are your signs that you have been neglecting your self-care? When I take care of myself, I could be facing a long list of things to do. But when I've, I call it filling my cup. When I'm, when I've been filling my own cup first and I'm facing a long to-do list, I feel excited and calm and confident that I can do it. And it's like a challenge, a good challenge. Mm -hmm. When I am depleted and I keep putting off doing something for myself because I'm busy, because I'm working so much, then I begin to notice that I feel irritated. And the things that I normally enjoy bother me. You know, little the little snafus that we all run into all the time, like our, our computer doesn't work right or somebody reschedules an appointment and it throws all the other appointments off. When we're taking care of ourselves, I think we build up like a reserve that allows us to deal with these normal life situations in a very competent, peaceful way. And then when I'm not, I suddenly <laughs> seem to fall apart when things don't go well. So I, I think my signals are, okay, you're depleted, back up, go look at your schedule and where is your break time? Where is your play time? Where is your fun time? And let's talk about that for a minute, Margie. You mentioned things that make you feel good, things that are relaxing. When I look at self-care, I think of all different needs that it fills, you know, the physical outer body care, the pampering that we all love. But it also, to me, might mean thinking time. It might mean the opposite. It might mean connection time. Do you, how do you plan and what do you need most? Is it a variety of the different types of care? How do you figure it out? You know, that's a great question. I did a lot of soul searching. And I do think that if you're going to develop your own self-care menu of choices, you do need to spend some quality time getting to know yourself. And 
acknowledging or discovering what does make you feel cared for. And it is all of the above for me. I am someone who I'm an extrovert, so I do need social time and connection time with others. And I need quiet time. I need time to myself. I also really enjoy a bit of pampering. And it's a different thing for each of us, what we like. But I do think that pampering is something women neglect and feel almost ashamed of that you can't even mention it. And the quiet time to yourself is absolutely essential. We're too busy. We're bombarded all day with technology, with demands on our time. And it's crazy making. I have my phone silenced right now for our interview. I will silence my phone during the day for 30 minutes or an hour while I work on something or while I read. I don't need to hear every text notification, every Facebook notification. If I've chosen how to spend my time for a set period of time, then I don't let technology interrupt me. I will put my laptop to sleep. And this is true whether I'm doing my work or whether I'm doing a self-care activity. So it is a variety of things. I'm also someone who really enjoys arts and crafts and creativity. So I have that built in to my self-care as well. I love that you called it having a menu of self-care because, you know, at different times of the day, month, year, season, our needs change constantly. And just because we enjoy one thing doesn't really mean it's suitable to fill our cup, to give us what we need all the time. Mm -hmm. So I, I love that you call it a menu. But a lot of women don't even know what they like. I you know, my kids are now in their early 20s, so it's been a long time since I've had babies. But I do remember for the first several years of their lives that I was so immersed in being a mother that I didn't ever do anything for myself. And I didn't even know, I woke up one day and I realized I don't even know what my music is. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what kind of, I'm so used to listening to Barney. other various child things that were big at the time that I didn't even know what I liked. I had ignored my own needs for so long, partly by necessity and partly it was because it was all I knew. I don't think it's really totally necessity now looking back. But I think a lot of women listening to us may be thinking, I don't even know what I like. So let me ask you, how did you realize that the things you do now were things that you would enjoy? How did you come to your menu? I did a lot of what we call in the coaching world, visioning work. And I know you're familiar with that cookie and you do it with your clients. In fact, if anyone listening to this is interested, I do have a visioning workbook that is available for free on my website. And you can include that link in the show notes, but it's titled how to Yeah, I will do that. Mm -hmm. I will put that link. If any of you want to follow up with Margie and look at this valuable tool, it will be in the show notes. Yeah, it's called How to Create a Brilliant Vision for Your Life and Business. And it doesn't matter if you're an entrepreneur. I've had so many people say that that workbook was helpful to them. And it's a matter of, again, making a choice to sit down and spend a good 20 minutes, maybe, And I even say at the beginning of the workbook, grab your favorite beverage, a nice pen, 
get comfy and spend some time working through the exercises that will help you discover what does make you happy. We don't know if we don't dedicate some time to it. And for many of us, it starts with what don't I like? What makes me crazy in my life? And we can flip that or work backwards from there. And another thing that women can do is what do I feel are guilty pleasures? What do I feel bad about if I would choose it? And let me give you an example from my own life. And I want to tell you guys this because I'm not even a mom, okay? And this is still something that I felt like I couldn't really do. So I didn't even have children depending on me. And I still felt like this was not a good option for me. And that is to go to bed early. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) This is one of my self-care choices on my menu of choices. And it could be a Friday night and all I want to do is go out to dinner and stay up late, go to a movie at the theater or watch a movie. And the time comes and I realize I don't even want dinner. I just want a little snack. And by 8.30, I'm exhausted. I just want to go to bed. And I never used to give myself permission for that. So that is one of the things that I think we can look at. What are the things that you feel guilty about or you don't allow yourself to do? You could start there and write those down. What do you look at as someone who has it made? What do you admire about that? And I'll give you another example. I used to joke around with people and say, well, if I had Oprah's life, I would be able to be X, Y, and Z as well because people like Oprah are big celebrities. They have someone who comes and works them out. They have someone who prepares all their healthy meals for them and cleans their house and keeps track of all their appointments. And I went down the list of the things that I thought someone who had it made had going for them. And then I looked at those things matter to me. That's why they come to mind. So how do I make that happen in my own life? I don't have a personal chef, but I have found ways to make things in the crock pot, do once a week cooking every once in a while so that I don't feel like every day I have to come up with the meal, make the meal and clean up from the meal. Right. Those things matter to me. That helps me feel pampered. Maybe to someone else, preparing that meal every day does bring them joy. So it's tapping into what makes you happy and what have you been denying yourself that you think other people have. Those are some examples of how to begin to discover what would bring you joy, what would be self-care for you. Right. I like that. And so it helps you make the leap from what we imagine the people we admire are doing, like Oprah or somebody like Oprah, to our life. And what's that gap in between? What of those things really is important to you? And how can you get creative? to figure out a way to have some version of them. Remember, we can have things at all different levels. They don't have to be the versions that we see on television. One of the things that I like to do that helps me, and tell me if you relate to this, Margie, is I like to try to find little ways to make the things I do every day upgraded just a little bit. And one of the silly, simple, fun things is to make keeping up with all my paperwork and bills and financial papers and all the papers that go through my life, there's quite a lot of them, is I buy pretty office supplies. I know that sounds silly, but 
it helps me do a job that I'm committed to doing, but it adds some pleasure to it because I am very visual and I love order and I love color. And when I see something like that, it's a simple little thing, but I actually consider that part of my self-care. Can you relate to that? Totally, totally. That is a great example. I too love office supplies. The more beautiful, the more colorful, the better. If there's a brand new pen or a brand new anything, post-it note, I can't wait to get it. So that is an example of a seemingly small thing that can bring joy to us. And I'm glad you brought that up about paying the bills because that's another area. See, I take this for granted now. I started this when I hired my very first, my own life coach because of personal struggles. And one of the things that was really difficult for me was I pay the bills for my husband and I. That's not the problem. I'm fine with that. I'm organized. They get paid on time. I like it. But doing it, I had built this whole poor me thing into it. And my husband would be watching TV and I'm over here struggling to concentrate and pay the bills. And I would leave it until the last minute and I would do it when I was tired. And I changed all of that. I have created, like you said, I've upgraded it. And now I don't even think about it. So I'm glad you brought it up. This is a perfect example. I thought to myself, what would make me happy? So yes, I have the colored supplies. I have all this great stuff. And my husband knows no TV. When I'm doing the bills, it's beautiful music. And I let myself get a Starbucks and we have a Dunkin' Donuts down the street. So I go get one donut and one Starbucks if I do it on a Saturday morning or something. And I bring that back to the house. In fact, it's gotten to the point where my husband will go and get it for me. And I pay the bills. I have my indulgent little snack, something I never get. I mean, I'm not even somebody who craves donuts. So it's like really special. And I pay the bills in peace and quiet with beautiful music in the background. And this is my now my ritual. It's become a ritual, a self-care ritual. And the fact that I take it for granted now is so amazing. I don't even dread paying the bills. And I've been doing this for years. Mm-hmm. I love that. You know, different things are important to us. And we understand that the things we're talking about, you may not care about. But what I want you as the listener, as my coaching client to think about is what is important to you and how could you take it one level up? I am pretty organized and I am always looking for the perfect planner. And I enjoy looking in my planner, my calendar every day when I see who my clients will be that day and what projects I'm working on. And I found a very efficient business-like calendar that breaks everything down for me. But I got no pleasure out of looking at it every day. And it is something I look at every day. So I just treated myself to something that's a little less perfect, but really visually pretty and still organized, but I'm taking something that makes me feel good every time I look at it and I'm choosing it instead of something that's more utilitarian and more efficient. And I try to do that in different ways in my life. Uh, Margie, one of the things that I do is I, I make dates with friends and many of my friends, including you, don't live in my town and are distance friends. 
So I make phone dates with people I want to connect with instead of waiting till we both happen to be free at the right moment and happen to think of each other. I will connect with them and make a phone date and honor it because it fills my cup. It makes me feel connected and loved and good. How do you handle fitting in relationships with people that you may not be easily in touch with? The exact same way. I have a coffee date tomorrow morning. I have another one Thursday morning. It would be easy to say, oh my gosh, that is time I could be talking to a client or supersede that appointment with a client or do some work for someone. And I don't. They're already on my calendar and I honor them just like I would a client phone call or some other important appointment. And with my regular friends, we get out our calendars, we get out our phones right there when we're having coffee and we choose the next date and we get it on the calendar. We don't say, hug, hug, happy to see you. Let's do this again next month. We schedule it right then. And even if we have to move it, then we move it, but it happens. The other thing I'll do, my other little tip is I put a reminder in my calendar. So I have quite a few, I use calendar reminder system And I have quite a few monthly reminders. They just recur every month. Such things as check for important birthdays this month. It's just something that I usually remember, but in case I don't, it's going to pop up at the end of each month to check the coming month's birthdays. Once a month, I have a reminder. Have I scheduled my Massage Envy membership? I go at least once a month. Sometimes I go two and three times a month. But in case I haven't got something scheduled, that reminder pops up and I can check and see if I have one. And it's the same with my friends. I have a reminder for my coffee buddies. Do we have it scheduled? Is something on the calendar? I even have play dates for my little dog, Penelope. And same thing. Have I made a play date for her with my girlfriend to have coffee and let our dogs run around? I have reminders so that if the time has gotten away from me, I can get it back and reschedule with them. So you're actually taking care of Penelope's self-care also. (laughs) (laughs) And she helps me because that's another thing. I would never neglect her and just talk to clients all day and expect her to wait all day to go out, to go potty or stretch her legs. So I have now built in time between appointment calls to take her out. And I have to laugh because that's what we all need to do. Why would I expect myself to sit all day at my desk and not move? But I would, but I would never expect that of her. So it's no different. You know, how would you treat your child, your beloved pet, your best friend? You would give them what they need. And you look for those small ways to give yourself that as well. And if you need reminders, do it. So reminders are one of my tips for how I make sure they don't fall off the radar. And another one of my tips, believe it or not, ladies, is I don't keep all this a secret. I don't just tell someone, oh, I'm not available that day. I say, no, I've got a massage that afternoon. When else can we get together? Or nope, I've got a coffee date that morning. You know what? We need to stop keeping our self-care in the closet and continuing to feel guilty or shameful about it. That's why Cookie knows that I take care of myself. I don't hide it. I say, I can't do it. I'm having a girl's day. I'm having a girl's weekend. I'm getting a massage. I'm getting my nails done. I don't hide those things. 
You're right. And I think it, in the past, up until recently, I did. I felt guilty that I was doing something that was fun and play. Mm-hmm. Even if it wasn't luxurious, like going to a spa, even if it was simply I'm taking the afternoon off and watching a movie, yep. I felt a little guilty doing it. So I would just say, I'm sorry, I'm not available at that time. So I think that us supporting each other, you know, other men and women in our lives, that it's really helpful for us to be honest about what we're doing. So other people could look at us as a model and, you know, maybe look at somebody in your life who I'm looking at Margie, look at somebody in your life who is taking care of themselves. And it's funny because we think we might resent them or, you know, the old way of thinking was they must be selfish. Mm. And of course they're not. They're the opposite because the more you take care of you, the more your cup is full and you have more to give to the rest of the world. So see if you could think of somebody in your life who's actually doing it. So Margie, we talked a little bit about this. You mentioned that you do schedule it in. And I'm sure there are times when you're just spontaneous when something comes up. Yes, of course. And the more you're willing to take care of yourself, the more opportunities you will see. It just becomes the way you operate in your life. And the more often you can say yes to yourself, the more often you'll have opportunities to say yes. And I think that that's exactly what happens, right? So that's why they become spontaneous. People will invite you or you will realize that I do need to make time for this. And it won't be, I've got to get my nails done because I have this big event. That's great. But what about getting your nails done even when you don't have a big event? If that's something that makes you feel pampered. What about going to bed early just because you want to read your novel and you want to read in bed from 8 till 10 or from 10 until midnight and not always only going to bed early when you're already exhausted. It's building in those spontaneous ways of taking care of yourself. I've become um, an addict to some of the different apps on my iPhone. And the simple reminders that you could set or the timer that you could set, the clock that you could set, I think it's so useful to set something to remind you to go to bed. Now, I don't mean to go to sleep yet. I just mean to start the wind down process of getting in bed and going into wind down relaxing mode so that when theoretically you should go to sleep to get enough sleep, your body has adjusted and it's ready. Mm, Yes. One of the things that I do is Sunday, sometimes Sunday is my planning time. Mm -hmm. So I plan my meals for the week and I make a little shopping list while I'm doing it. And then I plan my work for the week and I look at my appointments and what projects I'm working on. But then I also look at my personal list and some of it is a to-do list, the house, the money, the kids, and me, of course. But in addition to that, there's also, okay, what am I doing that's fun this week? What am I doing for me this week? Sometimes I even use a colored marker that just shows the fun things on my calendar So at a glance, I could see if there's even anything in there or if I've been neglecting what I need. Whether it's fun or even taking yourself to the doctor for something, just answering whatever your needs are. 
So Margie, are there any other ideas or thoughts that you'd like to share with my listeners? I would like to add one other thing that I was just thinking of, because I thought, what are some people thinking to themselves? They're thinking, I still don't have any time in my day for me. And I think that that can feel true. And I would challenge you to look at ways where you are there for someone else that you might still be there for yourself. And let me give you a couple examples. Like Cookie just mentioned going to a doctor's appointment. What if you started keeping in your purse or your tote bag a small little crossword puzzle book or a Sudoku book or a little miniature coloring book or something that gave you pleasure? What if you kept the latest books that you wanted to read on your phone so that while you were at the doctor's office waiting, you could do something pleasurable and be present when you're doing that? Just drop into that moment and recognize I am doing something pleasurable for myself. If you're having to sit at the kitchen table to monitor your kids while they do their homework, perhaps you could doodle or color while you're doing that with them. What if you were there, but showing them that you're taking care of yourself? They're doing their homework to take care of their future. You're there to support them. And maybe you doodle or do a crossword puzzle or paint your nails, something else for you while you're there for someone else in your life. There are times where we are there with our husband in the evening. I would personally never probably choose to watch much TV. Many people are TV watchers. My husband's a TV watcher. It's a time for me to spend some time with him, even though it may not be high quality time. I don't want to go in another room and read my book because that's what I would prefer to do. So while I'm with him watching TV, I will save a magazine to flip through. I will get out a coloring book and some colored pencils or markers. I can still be there with him and do something fun for myself. So that's something else I would remind everyone. You don't always have to carve out time by yourself. It can be time that you are doing something fun or pleasurable while you're supporting someone else or being with someone else. That's a starting point as well for self-care. Yeah, that's wonderful. And I also want to add to that, that we all think we have to do many things, when in reality, often it's more of a choice than we know, than we realize. So if you think there's a lot of things on your list that you have to do before you even think about yourself, just consider the possibility that the have-tos may not 100% be true. So I have loved talking to you today, Margie, and you will all be able to find a link to Margie. And even if you are not a entrepreneur or a woman in business, you might enjoy Margie's visioning tool and she will give us a link to that so you can take a look at it. Because here are the three things I want to leave you with. Number one, I want you to think about creating a vision for yourself of what it might be like if you could wake up one day and be the kind of person who took incredible care of herself. And using that vision tool, where you might be compared with where you are now and what's the gap. Let's work on that gap together. Let's work on the obstacles that come into your mind when I say that because I know that's what you're thinking. Number two, look at, 
look around in your life, just as I looked at Margie as a model for me. I think it was quite a while before I even told you that, Margie, but you were my secret role model in living your life and taking care of yourself while doing all the other things that we all do, which is work and relationships and family and home and finances and everything, you still modeled for me what was possible. And for that, I'm very grateful. So look around in your own life and see if there is somebody who you might think about, how do they do that? And how do they think to get themselves to do that? And lastly, think about starting a list, an ongoing list, that's a self-care menu. So it could be things in all different categories. And I'm going to talk about this more in future podcasts. But for now, just start creating possibilities. Don't argue with them. Don't look for reasons why it's too hard. All we're doing is brainstorming and capturing ideas. So stay focused on how you could upgrade your self-care. Now, I hope to see you back next week where we're going to continue to work on your emotional eating and your binge eating step by step until they both become something you used to do because that's your ultimate goal. For now, this is your Coach Cookie reminding you that as you search for answers, keep it real just like you. And I will see you next week.